This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are off and running. It is a game day, Warrior fans. But that is only one of the many great stories that we will have here today. For the first time in 95-7 The Game history, I go face-to-face. I stare down... One of my best friends in the business, Dan Devone, Jim Cosimo with you from 9 a.m. until 1 p.m., but our first meeting officially. Double D, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well. This is odd. <laughs> What's going on, Jim? I know. It is going to be different. We are actually staring face-to-face the way we do this show here today, and this is going to be a ton of fun. It, 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 You know what I'll tell you? Driving over the bridge, it is a spectacular San Francisco day, isn't it? Yeah, and it's ideal. Absolutely yeah. ideal. No, it's, it's gorgeous. And this is... This is what it's all about, right? You know what we need to do? Because I know that they have this show simulcast from time to time. What do they have it on Twitch? It's on YouTube. All over the place. That's what has to happen today. It does. I don't know if you can make that happen, Brian. But this is two good-looking guys with television background. Not like those (laughs) fat SOBs that are typically on radio here at 95.7 The Game. This needs to be televised. That is a good point. I mean, you you look at some of those guys, and I think the camera's going to break. They probably put a slate over the top of it. Uh, try to get him one of those sexy uh, mall photos to try and uh, pretty him up a little bit. I'd watch this, though. Yeah, this is something that I would definitely watch, and I know what I'm definitely going to watch and listen to tonight, and that's Golden State Warrior basketball. Game three against the Dallas Mavericks as the NBA playoffs continue to roll along. And I'll be honest with you, Dan, I don't want to be I, – I don't want to be uh, – make it an unfortunate statement, but I'm not sure what there is to watch tonight because I think the Warriors have already won the series. I do, too. I and mean, I'm, I'm trying to find that sort of watch out for Dallas. They're yeah. at home, and role players we know typically play better at home. I, I just – I don't see it. There's such a nothing either. burger with them. Uh, they have no horses. Nope. I don't know – what is it that they potentially could do in this game three that we haven't seen in the first two games of the series? I would say they have one stallion. And then yeah, outside sorry, of that – yeah. And then they got a bunch of ponies. And some of those ponies can rear their heads up and get a little bit antsy every once in a while. And that's what it would take for them to stay in the game. It took that the other day. It still took a 40-point-plus game from Luka and some other guys needing to do something to stay close with the Golden State Warriors. I agree with you on the point of I'm trying to build a case for Dallas so that Game 3 is interesting to me. Yeah, and I'm typically, when it was Memphis... I was one of those that the glass was half empty constantly. I'm like, this is this is so far from being done. Memphis scares I agree. me. And I certainly wasn't alone. And I did that to a certain degree going into the series after what I saw Luca do a week ago today in Game 7 against Phoenix where he was so good. And, you're, you know, the sentiment had to be watch out. Luca's one of those transcendent players. This is a team that dismantled the best team in the NBA in terms of the record, that being the Phoenix Suns. But two games into this, 
I can't, I can't go there. I just don't see it. Yes, Luke is amazing. Brunson had 32. Luca had 40. That's about as good as it's going to get. Yeah, right. 21 threes. Right. He still got beat. I, I just for them it's got to be demoralizing, right? You get those performances from two guys, including your superstar. You are only close in the game. That's what you could do. Your best effort is close in the game. And I get the impression when I think of the Dallas Mavericks, and I said this going into the playoffs, hey, God bless them for getting as far as they did, right? They have outperformed, I thought, what they could do in the playoffs. But I think they emptied the shelf against the Phoenix Suns. I think they emptied the shelf and they got nothing left in the tank. Today, I do think you've got a shot because the crowd can give them a little goose. The crowd can give them a little bit of energy, and if they could feed off that, maybe they're able to get it done. By game five, this thing's going to be over. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the scenarios. You're right, at home. Yeah. It's going to be a different atmosphere immediately. But but what? What physically has to happen on that floor that we haven't already seen? So Luka's going to score, what, 50? Brunson's going to score 40? I don't know. I mean, what are you – Mav fans, what do you – is Bullock going to carry you for 30? Is it going to be role players like Kleba? Is Powell the guy? You just don't have – you don't have what it takes, especially – Comparatively speaking, when you talk about the Golden State Warriors and where they're at right now, where it's just collectively, if it's not Steph, then it's going to be Clay, And if it's not Clay in the second half, then it's going to be Jordan Poole. And if it's not Jordan Poole, it's going to be Andrew Wiggins. And we go right on down the list. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Listen, we got to get everyone involved in this. It's a beautiful Sunday morning here in San Francisco. You are welcome to join us here at 95.7 The Game in a variety of ways. You can hit us on the text line at uh, 888-957-9570. You can also hit us on the phone lines at 888-957-9570. Are Dan and I getting too far out over our skis and buying our finals tickets too early uh, because we just don't see a path to success for the Dallas Mavericks (laughs) at this point? Thank you, Ray. Ray is chiming in. Maybe he's laughing at us and thinking the Mavericks have an issue with that. But we would love to hear from you on this Sunday. And listen, this starts a full day of Golden State Warriors coverage. We are the proud home of the Golden State Warriors. We're, we're going to have the official pregame start at 430. But quite frankly, Dan, it's going to be pregame all day. Yeah, it is. And we'll get you. I mean, listen, you know, who thought we'd be in this in this seat when you thought about the Golden State Warriors in February and, of course, a team that, that has struggled up to this point. But I... I is it 4-0? I mean, is this a 4-0? I thought it would screen? go 5. Here's, I'm gonna get, let me give you a scenario that Dallas gets it tonight, all right? Yeah, please, okay. talk me. Because talk me. not only are they going to need the type of performances that you talked about, they are going to need almost negative-type performances from some stars on the Golden State Warriors. Steph didn't play well to open game one. Jordan Poole takes over and runs things for the team. And you don't skip a beat with your best player not shooting it well to start the game. What did he miss? Three of his first four free throws, for crying out loud. Yep. That's something you got to circle the calendar and say, I was there when he did that because it's never going to happen again. So tonight, if you're Dallas, you need the crowd to rev you up. And you need a fast start. You need a 10-2, 14-4 start to the game. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to run away with it like Memphis did in their big final home game that they had against the Golden State Warriors, but that'll give them the impetus to stay in the game. My fear is, though, that that crowd's going to be revved up, but they're going to be a little nervous. Dallas is going to miss their first two shots, and Golden State's been there, and Golden State's going to take that 10-2, 14-4, and the rest of the game, Now I don't think Golden State will blow them out, but Dallas will be treading upstream the whole game and they'll be able to chip into it, make it a single-digit game, maybe get it to five. But that's my fear that this game is really going to be over pretty quickly. Yeah, and even if it's close towards the end of the game, I give the advantage to the Golden State Warriors. Despite being on the road, the Warriors, again, not to throw out these words, but but experience and pedigree, 
this is what we're talking about. It's not necessarily close games at home. It's a team that that demonstrates its mettle on the road when it comes to big playoff games and certainly when it comes to the Western Conference semis. You know, you mentioned Steph Curry. Because I go here just about every show, and I know it rattles people, and I guarantee I love it. people Bring will it. get out on the text line. And I'm just curious to know your, your opinion on this. Steph Curry, where he's at right now in his career, and certainly what we witnessed in the last game, which I enjoyed so much in that third quarter and the fourth quarter, Steph getting to the rim. Oh, Steph yeah. settling for that mid-range. I think that's where he's at right now in his career in terms of his effectiveness. The idea, Still pretty effective. No, well, the idea of him and threes will always be, you know, they'll always be married. But Synonymous. But that video game of he's got to shoot crazy threes, shoot better than 40% from the line, I think those days are sort of in the rearview mirror. And this new Steph, there's nothing wrong with it. He might be an even better player. He's certainly a lot stronger than he was a couple of years back, yeah. and he's more complete. But for whatever reason, you go there, and I'm telling you, Dub Nation, and 95.7 of the crowd out there, they have a hard time – if you're to if you're to even encroach, Steph and Threes are going. They're just taking a, a brief respite. They'll be back as one, whether it might be this series, but certainly next year. You know what? It, it, listen, we understand the greatness that he brought to the game. He changed the game of basketball. But you're right. There is only one undefeated, and that's Father Time. It eventually gets everybody, and you can't continue to be the greatest at what you do for the entirety of your career, unless you're Sandy Koufax and you retire at the age of 32. Jim Brown. Jim Brown, that's, that's not a bad call either, right? So you got two pretty good, darn good names, but I don't think Steph is looking to walk away from the game. He's going to keep playing, but I do think he's smart enough to adjust his game. He will realize that he can't just be that one, not one-dimensional, but that is going to be the sole focal point of his game. Don't you think he's got more to his entire bag of tricks that he doesn't have to just rely on that? That's the whole thing, and I think it's coming to fruition. In games like this, I've never seen him. He's always been able to get to the rim. I've never seen him be able to do it with this level of strength and finish. And then his mid-range game is always going to be there. And he's always going to be that quote-unquote decoy, right? Two guys are always going to chase him to the corner, creating those opportunities for backdoor cuts or isolation for other players because so many people are paying attention to Steph. I mean, it's always going to be a weapon. But I think just embracing this new 34 years of age Steph – is something we should all do because I, I quite frankly, like this guy, and I think he's just as effective. All right, we got some stuff we got to get to here on the text line. We always appreciate you chiming in at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Dan and I referencing the fact that they should have this, you know, camera ready. This is a weekend show that should be camera ready for all of us. Good job on the text line from the four zero eight. The other guys need an Instagram filter. I agree with that. <laughs> Although, I don't think you and I know what an Instagram filter is. I was, I'm laughing at night. You're right. What is it? <laughs> what is that? And then also, uh, isn't Wiggins <laughs> questionable with an ankle issue? If he's out, won't that change things? Who's going to guard Luka? That is a good question. Thank you very much, 707. They're saying Wiggins has the ankle issue, but he's going to play. Do you risk it and try to force him to play 30-plus minutes and chase Luka around the floor? Or do you see how he's rolling in quarter number one? And if you have to pull off the gas pedal a little bit, you say, all right, you know what? We'll have you ready for game four. Yeah, and I think it's because you have that level of depth, right? So if he's not able to go, you know, I'm comfortable. Is it Porter? Is it Moody that jumps the line and gets in front of everybody? Or is it Damian Lee? But again, because you have that depth and as good as he's been, you're up 2-0, right? There isn't a level of need when it comes to Andrew Wiggins. If he doesn't go, who do you see starting this game and or guarding Luka? 
Boy, that is a great question. And and I think the answer on Luca, if you don't have the the comfort of knowing Wiggins can be there for 30 plus minutes, it's going to have to be a by committee scenario. It's not going to be I'm going to look at the bench and say, "All right, Otto, it's you it's you for 30 minutes." I think they're going to have to switch on guys. I think they're going to have to try and frustrate him with Nats at times. I think they're going to have to throw a bunch of multiple looks at him. And I'll give you the other one. How about this? Would you be willing to say, "You know what, Luca? Get your 40 or 45." No one else is going to get the ancillary 32. How about that as a as a strategy if you don't have a healthy 100% or even close to being effective Wiggins? Yeah, and I think that what they're doing defensively, because it's not, listen, it's not exclusively, this isn't all about Wiggins watching him for the full 48 and guarding him the full 94 feet. We've seen just about everybody on him, and I think they'll do more of that. But the way they mix up their coverages, I think, is also really effective. They go box and one. They go zone. Sometimes Steph will have to watch him on a switch. Sometimes it'll be Looney, who's been really effective. Uh, we have to get to Looney, and Looney's been so good at watching Luca. And and so yeah, I, I think I think you're going to be okay. I do want to get to to Andrew Wiggins in a conversation that I have with a buddy, of course, from New York, because they're all cranky out in New York. Boy, they we are. Could, we could save that, or we want to go Wiggins. It, it's it's sort of a, a different dimension. It has Back nothing to Wiggins. Do. Back to Wiggins. All right. Well, I got your I, I got your Looney note here. All right. We want to talk Looney? Well, we, no, we can. I'll tell you what. I'll get it on the chart right now. I'll remind you that we'll get to it. Oh, we're t- are we getting the bell that you got to go Looney? Because I'm all uh, I'm all in on Wiggins right now. Because Brian just pushes buttons. I don't he know does. what the hell he's doing. I know. I think he I think he gets like a bonus or as many buttons as he pushes <laughs> per show. The relevant button pushes versus the irrelevant button pushes. Exactly. So, <laughs> so we'll see how that works. But I want to stay on Wiggins because mm. I'm not sure. Wiggins gets enough credit because the Bay is so in love with the big three. They recognize he's been great this year, but he doesn't get the true love that he deserves. And maybe the injury, if he can't go, maybe that will draw attention to, you know, you don't know what you, yeah. What is it? What does they say? You don't know what you had until you lose it. Yeah, exactly. Well, if Wiggins ain't playing today, or if he isn't able to go and be 100% healthy and Luca just starts going crazy, Maybe Warrior fan says, hey, wait a minute, we really do have a find. I think that he's appreciated, but he's not given the love he deserves. No, he's not. And I'll take it a step further. So now you just walked into my kitchen in terms of this conversation I have with a buddy in New York. He said, and he says it in his, I don't have the New York accent down, but he's, <laughs> he's loud and he's adamant and he's brash. And he's like, you guys going all nuts about this Andrew Wiggins. Do I got to remind all you softies, all you coconuts out there in the Bay Area? The guy is a former... Number one player overall coming out of the NBA draft from Kansas, right? This is a max player making $32 million a year. And anytime he does anything, you guys act like that. He's some sort of undrafted free agent, like he's GP2. Like, can you believe what Wiggins did? He's a former number one. This is a guy getting $32 million on a max deal, and you guys getting the trees if he gives you 15 points and six rebounds. What do you expect out of him? This is what I say is that when you think where he was at in Minnesota, and yes, he was that guy, and he was underwhelming, and he'll never live up to the billing of being who he was coming out of Kansas. But the role that he's accepted and the way he's playing now and the culture and the environment of what it is he's doing with the Golden State Warriors, that's worth noting, that this guy has bought in and has been able to be this fourth option and not only do that, but but do all these little things, which he never did or exemplified in Minnesota. 
that's worth underlining. That's worth giving him his flowers. The fact that this guy has been able to do it here with Golden State in a completely, completely different way throughout his career. Let me let me add to that in saying we always use the $32 million a year, the number one overall pick as pejoratives. Like, look at what he hasn't done for all that stuff. It's not his fault he went number one overall. It's not his fault he was in a rotten draft year. It's not his fault that every GM in the league thought he was the best player that year. And unfortunately, the NBA system, the way it's been crafted, is the number one pick gets the most money, and then when he's up for renewal, most likely you're going to do it, and you're going to max him. That's Minnesota's fault. That's the Timberwolves' mistake. Now, Golden State's paying it, but this really rewinds things back for me. You know who won the um, Choir Sultan trade? I always like to call Kevin Durant Choir Sultan because that was his Insta. Was it his Instagram or was it his uh, Snap? Which one was it for him? Choir Sultan was his his burner account. I want to say it was his Twitter account. Oh, it was his Twitter. It was his burner Twitter. And because he liked to get at it with 15-year-old boys in Oklahoma City for some reason. He would just, like, start arguing with, like, kids playing video games. And he wants to argue as if he's not Kevin Durant. You know who won the Kevin Durant trade? The Golden State Warriors won the Kevin Durant trade. When they had Durant, they were the best team in the NBA. When he left on his own, remember, they had to make a deal. Mm. And they ended up getting a player for him. Remember? They got Russell for him. And, what, and everyone's like, oh, they can't play a three-guard offense. He's not going to fit in with the system. That wasn't the end of the trade. They moved him for Wiggins. Wiggins is now the extra piece. And if you had to overpay to keep a guy, they did it. They've got an owner willing to overpay and pay the tax. So if you look at the long-term play yeah. of that Kevin Durant scenario, the Golden State Warriors won twice. They won when they got him, and they won when he left. Can this team, Coase, I'll just look at can they win an NBA title without Kevin Durant and the way this team is currently comprised? Yes. Was it pause for dramatic effect? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think you are. I think that that's what I was trying to do. Get everyone on the edge of their seat on their way to church this morning. <laughs> what is he going to say? <laughs> it's... Because, you know, we think about, okay, Kevin Durant's removed, and now your core's in their mid-30s, essentially. Your NBA championship window is is gone. I thought it was gone when it when it, Durant left. Yes, I agree. I thought the championship window was gone. I, I thought they were going to be fighting for the 7 through 10 this year when it started. But you know what? The NBA ain't the NBA it used to be. And I think you've got more above-average teams than you have super teams. Used to be all super teams. Those are the ones who are getting there. But I think the four teams remaining, three of them are pretty equal. I think Dallas is the fourth of the four. If you had to rank the four teams in the playoffs left with Miami and with um, – uh, uh, why, why are they escaping my mind? Celtics. Yeah, so Boston, and, Boston, Miami, Golden State, and Dallas. If you had to rank them, I would put Dallas as the fourth most effective team left in the Derby. And I would put the Warriors at number one. I probably would as well. Yeah. I probably would as well. And I, I – you know what? for fear of sounding like hometown guy, tell me how Boston is better. And Miami, you can make a case that Jimmy Butler is just so tough. But he had to leave the game yesterday because he was hurt. And I'll be honest with you, Jimmy Butler being injured affects Miami, even though they won, more than Andrew Wiggins being injured affects the Golden State No, that's a good point. We're agreeing too much today. Yeah, no, exactly. we got to change this. But what's interesting, I think, about – the four teams that are still standing in the NBA playoffs, right? 
Nobody is doing it the way the Golden State Warriors. Nobody moves the basketball like that of the Golden State Warriors. There is nobody that, that gets more points off of cuts, off of back doors. There's nobody that, you know, we always talk about don't let the ball stick. That poetry that is the Golden State Warriors and the multitude of players that can give you double digits, nobody in the NBA that is still remaining has the capability of doing that. And, you know, whether that means they're going to win the NBA title, listen, you know, somebody's got to bounce your way. The Warriors, thankfully, they haven't suffered an injury, a key injury to a player here in the postseason. Steph, Draymond, and Clay have been all upright, as is Jordan Poole. So, you know, there's – Anything can happen between now and then, but they have to be the prohibitive favorite. I clearly. would think so. I, I think that they would be the prohibitive favorite. I, I don't know if this version of the Golden State Warriors could beat any other championship version of the Golden State Warriors, but that doesn't matter. They've got to only win in this current NBA format. You eat what's on your plate. Yeah, that's what you do. And right now, they're the best team in the Western Conference, and I did not see that at all when the season started. And I thought their great start was a little bit of a facade, and I thought, you know, eventually they'll come back down to earth. You know what? Right now, I don't know how you don't make them the prohibitive favorite to favorite to win the NBA crown. And if you're in Golden State right now, if you're a fan, you are you're a pig in slop. There are a bunch of markets that don't have this, man, and you just keep coming back for more. I didn't think this would happen either. I mean, you knew the core was still there. Do you attribute this? And I really think that a player we can get into is Jordan Poole because he really sort of extends this window. Oh man. I mean, it really is about the infusion of these of these younger players, and that's that's how this is going to happen. This isn't this isn't pool. I'm sorry, this isn't Draymond, Clay, and Steph of 2015. These are guys now that are clearly three to five years older, and in order for them to be relevant, it's got to be them. But then it's got to be that proverbial kick in the butt by these younger. You know, these younger legs and these younger players who have this renewed energy, one of which, and the most important of which, is Jordan Poole. They'll go as far as Jordan Poole will take him in terms of an NBA title. How's that? Did anyone think Jordan Poole would be this type of player in the NBA? No, I didn't. Especially coming to this roster, and you're thinking, well, with his skill set, you've already got two guys who are the best in the NBA at doing his skill set. So maybe he gets some scraps from time to time, but that's about it. He ain't getting scraps. That guy, when he comes in there... He gets full meals. He can do it. And he understands when to. You know, a lot of guys come in and they disrupt the flow or they got to get theirs. He gets it within the context of what they're trying to do. I am amazed at how everything, see, all the pieces seem to fit with this team. And, and you can say outside of the big three, they got some, they got some ragamuffins. They got some guys you're, you know, you're like, mm, Wiggins, he didn't work in Minnesota. No one really wanted him around the NBA. He comes in and does well. Poole. It's not like he was a number one. They're doing this without James Wiseman, who is a high pick in the NBA draft, and he doesn't play at all, and they're doing this. Most people thought he was going to be the face of the new version of the Warriors. He gets a great seat every night to see great guys play. That's what. I, and I'm not ripping the guy. Don't get me wrong. You're six foot ten, six foot eleven, and you got a knee issue. Hey, listen, I'm not going to rip you for that. But that's just to illustrate how good the Warriors have been at cobbling together a roster and making it work so well. Priest is out there, and his bat phone just went off. 
He'll be calling Coe's and talking about James Weissman in a matter of moments. Can you, do you get the phone line here? Can you see who's calling? I cannot. Okay, so we got calls. You do calls. Oh, I'm doing calls. That's you, how you know it's what? working. Yeah, on my side, I'll, do, I'll tell you what. I'll do texts. You do calls. All right. All right. Here we go. It's like when I was a kid. You wash all dry. That was my sister. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's get out to Mark in Walnut Creek who's standing by and wants to talk about the Dallas Mavericks this morning. What's going on, Mark? And welcome to the show. Jim Cozumore and Dan Avoe. Marcus, what's happening, my friend? Mark, that's not a good omen to our son. No, that is not a uh, – maybe, you know. Come on, Mark. Maybe we caught him uh, – maybe he's going to church right now. Maybe he's he's uh, he's in the pew and he doesn't want to up disrupt uh, what, the, what the priest is saying. Have you ever been in church and had – Making the, a phone the, call? Well, no, the earbuds in and actually listening to a game on a Sunday? You know what? Not in church. Well, but I have done it in many other places. I don't think I've done it in church. I may have done it at a graduation at some point along the way, but never in church have I been listening. Ah, let me. I got to think that through. Wow. I don't think so. Close. I don't think so. I know. Isn't that awful? Isn't that awful? But, and you let out instead of an amen. Yeah, when they yeah, score. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just hope I time it well when the you know priest what is making a point. Oh, do I hear that enough? That 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 I hear that comment all the time. What are you doing for crying out loud? Well, uh, Mark, did we got Mark again? What are you doing over there, Brian? No, we don't have Mark. Ah, Mark. All right, Mark. Well, just Mark, <laughs> give it another shot, my man. Mark wanted to talk about how, why would we fear? Are you pseudo Mark? <laughs> yeah, he called and he said, "Hey, you know what? Dallas was down 0-2 to Phoenix. Why can't Dallas be come back and be up 2-2 or 2-1 or actually go into the series and tie the series again down 0-2. See, why do we need callers? We just got Brian who can channel these guys. I love that. Thank you, Brian, from that, Walnut Creek. Yeah, I know. Brian, you know what? You ought to do that. When people call 888-957-9570, talk to them and say, what do you want to talk about? And then listen. And then you can just give us the Cliffs notes. Just jump on the mic. Yeah, you just reenact it. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to do it. We know it'll get on the air at that point. So. I have an answer for it, unless you want to. No, jump right in. Well, Quite frankly there, Brian slash Paul from Walnut Creek, uh, this is not the Phoenix Suns. And I think that when you look at what the Dallas Mavericks, who basically threw a right cross and nailed the Warriors right on the the kisser in game two, 21 threes, you get 40-plus points from Luka, 32 from Brunson. You do that against the Phoenix Suns, and yes, you win the game. Simply put, this ain't the Suns. Right. Right. And and the Warriors, that's why I, I looked at that game, too, and I'm like, you know what? You just you just emptied your chamber, and yep. it ain't enough. Nope, I totally agree with that. And But I will say this. I was so high on the Suns, I knew they were going to win game seven at home. That was not going to be a problem. What the hell happened? Oh, my God. To hear the backstories on that and how Monty Williams was not getting along with uh, with Aiton, uh, with Aiton DeAndre Aiton, um, you know, Chris Paul was seen limping out of the building after the game, and you know, I know Warrior fans hear Chris Paul and they're rolling their eyes or they're saying, "Yeah, good for him, he failed again," but that seemed to be a bigger mess than anyone thought it was at the time because Phoenix had such a great regular season, and I've got to be honest with you, it. I, I know it stunned the people in Phoenix. I'm buddies with one of their broadcasters, and they are shocked at the way things ended. And to hear that that they were asking Aiton or saying to Aiton, was it Monty Williams who was saying to Aiton, you quit on this team as he's walking off the floor. You quit on this team. You know that there were internal struggles that we didn't know about that brought them down. Because not knowing of those struggles, just thinking of the Phoenix Suns, Dan, I thought the Suns were going to beat the Warriors in this round. 
I would have put my money on the Phoenix Suns to beat the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Final. Well, I don't think you're alone. Tell them we got Matt standing by. We want to go to a break and then get to Matt, or we want to get to Matt now? All right, Matt, you got to hit us quick. You got about a minute. Matt in San Francisco, what do you got, my man? Matt, are you there? Hi, Dan. <laughs> Big fan. Really love hearing you and Coe's. I think the Warriors are great. Out. All right, Matt. That's... <laughs> All right, Brian, what's going on? Brian, are you just right. do, you, do you want to do Matt? Is that what's going on here? Matt said he wanted to talk about the dubs. I have no idea. All righty. We're going to fix that situation, and we're going to recreate the last two calls that we had right here. Dan Devona, Jim Cosimo with you. We're here until 1 o'clock today. Big game three here on 95.7. The game, our coverage starts at 4.30. The great Tim Roy on the play-by-play call when they toss the ball in the air at 6 p.m. tonight. It's Dan Devona, Jim Cosimo with you. Hit us. Xfinity mobile text line, 888 It's the number that you can call as well on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Booty down the lane, shovel to Looney. Looney waits and lays it in, low right. Warriors 94, <laughs> Mavs 92. It's the Looney show. It's the Looney <laughs> Not a pool party tonight. It's a loony party. <laughs> now back to 95-7 the game. Yeah, dog. They're gonna be getting loony. And I know you got some loony stories you want to get to as we've got Dan Devone and Jim Cozumore with you until one o'clock in the afternoon today. Devone and Coz at 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. There's a lot of stuff to get into here today about the Warriors and the Mavericks. Unfortunately, first half hour of the show, Dan and I, same page. I'm thinking five-game series. I think Dallas gets I, – I, I'm, I'm trying to build a case Dallas gets tonight, and that's they ride the energy of the crowd. It's going to be like the game they had in, in Memphis where the, the Grizz come out and they go crazy. I don't think Dallas is going to win by 40, but I think that they get a nice win – then everything comes back to earth in game number four and the Warriors close it in game five. But I'm stretching to get myself to believe that. I think the series is done. And we, we agree. 
Yeah, well, I never do predictions. I'm not one of those guys that ever does this. It's going to end in four or five. But I, two games into this, I, I don't know. I don't see Dallas winning the game. I just – how? I, I'm trying to think of these scenarios. Wiggins doesn't – let's say Wiggins isn't effective tonight. Let's say that Steph or Clay aren't uh, – uh, you know, they're not their A-plus game. Let's say they bring their B-minus game and – Dallas has it all clicked. That, to me, is the only scenario in which I see the Mavericks can win the game. Yeah, you know what? I could bite on that. If the Warriors, if this gets self-induced and the Warriors shoot themselves in the foot, and they have a tendency to do that, if the turnover thing rears its head and it gets completely out of control and they got 25 of them. But even that, they've get to a point where... See, the thing is, Coase, is the further this goes along, the more they begin to sniff that finish line, that this reality of, hey, listen, man, this is actually happening. You guys are going back to where it is that you've lived for five consecutive years. Every step they take closer to that reality, I think you're, you're, going, to be, you're going to see a reduction in sort of the turnovers and that sort of play that we witnessed early on, especially against Denver, certainly against Memphis. And, and I, I think that right now, they're, there's blood in the water, and they're just two games into this. I think they're looking at Dallas and they're like, you know, at this point, you're just getting in our way. Boy, we're, that's a great We're an call. older team, and we, we want to get some rest. That is a great call, that they're smelling blood in the water, and they know, you know, there's an old saying in the NBA about stepping, stepping on your opponent's neck. When you know they're down, step on their neck. I learned that from, um, from gosh, darn it, who did I learn that from? I'll remember it at some point. Can I read a text to you really quick? Oh, give it to me. My mom wants to know if Coase is still married. She said he's a he's a beautiful man. You know, only when you're on do we get call at text like this. Like specifically for one host, Coase will. I'm telling you, man, it's like a Christmas tree. Lights this thing up. Not all good. Not all good, but no. I'm telling you, they are responsive to you more than anybody else that I've worked with. That is so gracious of you to say. Thank you for the question. Yes, I am still married. Uh, yes, I have three daughters still. So uh, tell your mom, though you never know. You never know what the future holds, mom. You never know what the future well, holds. Well, just be, he's married not only to a beautiful woman, but a, as we like to say, a tita. She's a she's a local girl she who knows is. how to take care of anybody that gets in between her and her man. Yes. So just be forewarned, mom. That's actually true. That's actually true. <laughs> She's been known to have some fisticuffs going back to her Kailua High days. Kailua. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, she was Kailua Windward High. Side. Yeah. I, yeah, I she's had Kailua no High. idea. Okay, so that's the connection yeah, with you and, that's the thing. and the beach. Yep, that's me, the wow. beach, and Kalapawai. Yeah. That's me knowing all that stuff. We walk by that school all the time, brother. And now they get the whole foods out there. Is Jane ready to go? All right. Jane and Mountain. What are the odds Jane, we hear from Jane? Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? Jane, the over and under is like 45 <laughs> that we're actually going to hear from you. What's up, Jane? Please say something. I'm saying something. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we do. And you are fantastic. You are the caller of the day, Jane. Thank you for fixing the phone lines. <laughs> well, I just had a question. Uh, what's going on with Andre? Is he ever going to play in these playoffs? He's always injured. I mean, is he coming back? Does anybody know? I don't think anybody knows. I My guess is if you don't need him right now, there's no need to put him out there. If you do in this series, it's because you're starting to struggle a little bit. I think if you do have a design to utilize him, you wait for the finals. But right now, there is no official word, Jane. I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a little surprised there haven't been, there hasn't been more discussion of it. 
But maybe the reason, Dan, that there isn't discussion is that there's no new news on this one. They don't need the guy right now, so let's just keep it in the back burner. Yeah, he's sort of now that player coach on the bench is sort of his new role. True. You know, anytime you hurt your neck, it's just sort of going in a different area. I remember I used to play basketball out of this place called Rionito out at, when I was in high school. Out in, it was outdoor basketball, and we used to play during the summer out at Russian River. And occasionally some of the, the fathers wanted to leave the pool in their 12-pack and come play with us. And rest assured, every time this one big guy used to come, and he'd, he'd play with his boots and black socks, and he'd, like, hurt his neck. It was like, hey, you know, some guys would sprain an ankle, roll an ankle, or tweak a knee, but I hurt my neck. It's like, how do you your neck. That's just that's the first sign of somebody who's getting a little bit up there. When you when you when you're not hurting the other I'm laughing because it happened to me. So oh, wow. okay. Yeah, it was one of those things where I hadn't played in a while and I went and played and I made a move on the baseline and I heard a double pop pop. And I had a stretch tear in my Achilles after that uh move. So you oh, know, is that right? You get a little older, you'd make a move. Did I, you tear your Achilles? I didn't tear it. It was a stretch. It was a stretch tear, so it didn't tear all the way, so it stretched out, and I had to wear a boot for months. Oh, wow. So it self-healed, and then I had another injury, uh, my meniscus, when I was turning at the center circle. Slow turn, and I heard, and that was my meniscus tearing, and so I had to have surgery to have that removed. Because this next caller, yes, he's got a first, middle, and a last name. Oh, I love this. This is Aaron Showtime Taylor. Say Man. hello and welcome to 95.7 The Game. Showtime. Man, what's percolating up in the Bay Area, man? It's your boy down here in L.A., man. Straight Doves fan, Clipper fan. What's going on? Doing great, man. Thank you very much, Showtime. Bring it. Man, look, my initial prediction for the playoff series was Doves and five. And that was just giving credit to Luka and maybe the team, the Mavericks, can pull out one. But I, I, I got to change it, man. It's, this looks like I'm going to be bringing a broom out, man. I, I don't think the Dubs is playing this year. I see a championship coming to Northern California for real, for real. Preach. Preach. You better be up here for the parade. I'll tell you that. I'm in the same place that you are, Showtime. I thought it was a five-game Warrior win in this series against Dallas. You know what? They might win in three. They're so much better than the Dallas Mavericks. And I know that's hey, hey. statistically impossible. <laughs> Thank you. Showtime, you still there? I'm still here. What the hell's wrong with your Lakers? You got about 30 seconds. Okay, I'm not a Laker fan. Never been a Laker fan. I was always a Clipper fan growing up, growing up, so I can't speak on the Lakers. I will say this. You don't go into an NBA season with the oldest team and not expect the result that you got. That's mm-hmm. the best I can say. Well said. You can't go in with old men thinking you're going to play against young men and play a young man's game as an old man. It just don't work like that. I love it. I love it, man. Thanks. Hey, Showtime, you're welcome anytime. You watching that Lakers series on HBO Max? No, I haven't seen it. I've seen the first episode and then most of the second episode, and it is an interesting series. I just haven't been able. There's so much going on in the world right now that I'm trying to deal with in my family and all that stuff. And my daughter graduated yesterday from high school, so that was big. And I'm, I just haven't had a chance to settle in on that. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, But I hear from people, it's a really... It's a flashpoint for people because the Lakers are that, right? You either love them or you hate them, and you want to know what went on at that time. Yeah. And so you try to figure out what is right and what is true and what isn't true. And the Jerry West storyline, I think, is the one that gets the most attention. They make him out to to be somewhat off-kilter a little bit. And so I'd be interested, if anyone's watching the HBO Max Lakers show, if what your thoughts are on that. I found Kareem to be abhorrent. I found early Magic Johnson to be as like the actor playing Magic Johnson is phenomenal. Really, phenomenal. Fun- he is. Uh, I, everyone's talking about the the Jerry West storyline, and I understand that. I completely understand it. But the performance of Magic Johnson in this is really a great performance. There are times when you turn and you go, "Wow, 
That kind of looks like that. He now, really it's phenomenal because he's depicting Magic yes. as he's Just, doing a good job of what. And Magic's he's not a choir boy. Got to be honest with you. Yeah. But you know what? When you're 19 years old and you're handed X amount of millions sure. of dollars and you're going to L.A. and he was such an effervescent character coming out of East Lansing. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying that I, if I had those same opportunities, I wouldn't have done whatever he was doing at the time. Also, <laughs> he's not a saint. Um, but again, I'm only a show and a half in on this. Norm Nixon comes across <laughs> like a like a, you know, like he's a hard ass in this thing. I don't know how much of that is true uh, because there have been a lot of people questioning the storyline and if it was really true. But I find it interesting. It's been interesting. So. Well, I've heard they've taken some liberties, right? That's the thing. It's Hollywood. Here's the thing is that when they do any of the basketball scenes, when they're playing basketball, that's when you lose me when you're doing a sports show. Can mm-hmm. these guys play or is it realistic? You know what? They actually hide it well enough that you don't see them not being able to play. Like the magic character, there are t- he can he actually has a skill at playing the game. Yeah, they don't put the Kareem character in too many really tough situations. Kareem was the most unique big man of the maybe of all time, greatest score in the history of the league. And the times they have him having the ball in the post and things, they have made that actor look like he's Kareem, and they've put him in positions mm. to do Kareem things without having to do too much. That's smart. So and it's edited himself. well. It's ve- edited very well, and I think the actors have done a good job, and I hope everyone – I hope they, they kind of focus on the acting in that, but, boy, there are some wicked storylines going in there. So, actually, the actor who played Kareem is actually an ex-Cal basketball player, Solomon Hughes. True oh, Solomon that's Hughes. Right. That's right. So again, he's got skills, but asking him to you know, like the skyhook, how many people can shoot the skyhook? But he pulls things off and they can do it. And the, the again, the Magic Johnson character does a very good job. And the guy who played Norm Nixon had some skills too. It's really an interesting What's the portrayal show. of Kareem? He is a self-involved, selfish bully. Mm. He's only about himself and his deep thinking, and he's so much smarter than everyone else. And he's trying to intimidate Magic. And if anyone remembers that very first game, I think it was Lakers-Clippers, and Magic is playing his first NBA game, and they somehow they run a play at the end against the Clippers, and Kareem hits the big shot, and Magic jumps in his arms. And Kareem's like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's one game. It's the first game of the year. And for Magic, you know, in college, you just got done winning the national championship. Every game matters. His first official game matters to him, and he's going crazy like he just won the title. It's That's a really – it's a great depiction of what was going on at that time. It's interesting because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, from what you hear, he was sort of a cantankerous guy. And he, he sort of – you know, he – he almost ostracized himself from the NBA because he wanted to be involved as a coach, yep. as a general manager, but never got that opportunity. And a lot of the people, you know, speculated it's because he did not get along with people at the time. You know what? And just to bring it back home, Rick Barry, I hear the same thing about. I don't know if we were to ever do a show about the Golden State Warriors back in the 1970s when they won their title, but Rick Barry might be that guy. Yep, I think you're absolutely right. I think he is as smart a basketball person that there is and can teach certain things extraordinarily well. And when he talks the game, he sees the game differently. But I, I also think that there are some maybe personality conflicts or issues that just get in the way of that for him. And it's a shame because if you were to build a Mount Rushmore of Golden State Warriors, Rick Barry has to be on it. Oh, are you kidding me? And if he's not on it, then you just don't know the history of the Golden State Warriors. No, it's Steph and then it's Rick Barry. Yeah, it's it's really what it is at that. Rick Barry was such a unique athlete. He was Larry Bird before Larry Bird. People, you know, they remember him as a great scorer. 
he was a phenomenal passer, a phenomenal passer. Um, but I do think that it gets lost sometimes in, and he was, you know what? He was a great broadcaster too, quite frankly. He was really a great broadcaster. One of the first to do it as a former player, right? Yeah, he was fantastic at it. He went on to be a great tennis announcer. He was great. But I think it just, it maybe wore on some people and his his competitive nature maybe got to people. And unfortunately, you know, it's, you know. it's it just sort of a lesson in life for all you kids listening today that he is an outspoken, smart person that was a logical, you know, he wanted to be a coach. But sometimes you just got it. There's a little suckage involved in this world. And sometimes you got to play the political game. And it's true in our world. I've seen, I've seen some of the most brilliant sportscasters just burn out simply because they didn't know how to walk into a newsroom and get along with people. Right. And that is half the challenge. Yep. I mean, that's three-quarters of what it is. Uh, I was thinking that of that on the people. drive-in this morning. It's funny you say that. that it, that's what it is. If you want to survive in life, survive by dealing with people. You know what I mean? That's the biggest issue right there. There are a lot of good people out there. There are a lot of talented people. But all you got to do is be nice to people. Interesting off the text line, the Xfinity Mobile text line helping us out. We were just talking about the Lakers series. It's on HBO Max, 888 The Norm Nixon character is being played by Norm Nixon's actual son from the 510. <laughs> right. You know what? That is phenomenal. How unique would that be? Like if, if I had a chance to play my dad in a film. I couldn't do it. I don't know if I could do it. No, I could not do that. And that's amazing. His performance early on is really good. And then from the, a different, uh, same 510, he says, Kareem comes around. You got to watch them all. And that's that's a great suggestion. Obviously, I'm only, you know, one and a half episodes or maybe two episodes in. So he's one way. We all change as human beings. As a person who actually watched the whole entire series, I have to say Kareem does come around. And it's he? a fantastic series. Really? Wow. That's good to know. So I'm going to have to. Get back on a horse on that one and keep it going. 888 You can hit us on the phone lines. Dan's going to take those calls, and we now know the phone lines work, right? Yeah, we heard from Jane, I believe. Yeah, and so they are up and running. We've got a lot of dubs conversation we're going to get to today. Full day of dubs. Warriors-Mavericks game three tonight. They'll tip it at six. Tim Roy on the call. But more importantly, full day of coverage and official pregame starts at 430. You wanted to make a loony point at one at one juncture, didn't you? Well, well, there's a lot of ways we can go with Looney. Yeah. First of all, he's been so effective. He might be now. They have, of course, for the first time ever, they have an MVP coach in the Western Conference Finals. It's now called the Magic Johnson Award in the Eastern Conference. It's the Larry Bird Award. Is, yes, if I'm not mistaken, I think that he's he's as strong a candidate as anybody after two games in to potentially be that MVP. What I find interesting is the way he's sort of finishing at the rim. He got 21 points. This is a guy that typically you would have to hide offensively. <laughs> They got this guy. What's his name? I'm going to screw up his last name. Dehan Majilovic. I'm not going to. I can't say, and I don't want to. I don't want to butcher it. Well, this is the guy that came over. He's he was exclusively at the time supposed to work with James Weissman, but of course his reputation is that he's the guy that worked with Jokic, and a lot of people accredit you know a lot of what it is that Jokic, the two-time MVP, has been able to do. So they get this Majilovic. To come over and work with the bigs of the Golden State Warriors, I'm just trying to put two and two together. Is that sort of what we're seeing in terms of of Mr. Looney? Boy, it could very well be. I will tell you this: this is an organization, and that'll actually your conversation on Looney leads me to something I want to get to, and that's looking at the, the great teams of eras. There was a time when the Boston Celtics were the greatest organization in all of pro sports, right? The Bill Russell, Bob Cousy version of the Celtics, and how fabulous they were. And just a little quick sidebar. Do you see the J.J. Redick ripping Bob Cousy 
bit. No. Why? So Reddick's on ESPN in the morning, and he rips Kuzi saying, hey, the guy played against firemen and plumbers. <laughs> Kuzi, at 94 years of age, he goes, you know what? I was proud to play with those plumbers. Those plumbers I played with, a guy named Bill Russell, a guy named Bob Pettit, a guy named John Havlicek, and he names a <laughs> slew of Celtics. Great, great Celtics whose numbers are retired. He goes, you know what? We had a pretty darn good fire staff. We had a pretty darn good plumbing group. We were okay. What was J.J. Reddick ripping Bob Cousy? I don't know. Don't don't go there. Don't go there. No, no, no. You don't do that. Not to the legend. To me, that tells me the players of today don't get the history of the game. Yeah. They don't understand the history. Well, the, the issue is because you hear that from time to time when it comes to modern players and it's not only relegated to basketball, but you hear this in baseball as well. Babe Ruth was to play in this day. Listen, the only way you can measure, in my estimation, Coe's decades, is that who was the best at that time? Right. Granted, guys were not running four three forties. The species of people were not, you know, six four with less than five percent body fat. It's who was the most dominant. At that, that's the only way if you want to play this level of comparison to the GOAT or the greatest of all time. So anybody to pass judgment on Kuzi and what it is that he did, Kuzi was the standard bearer for that time. Yes. It's, you've said it perfectly, and I don't understand why we can't have that sliced-up conversation. I like the barroom conversation of what team would have played better in what era. Listen, those Celtics teams were dominant. They were fantastic for when they were. There was a stretch where the Lakers were the dominant team and they were the fabulous standard bearer. Then the Celtics jumped back into that mix. You can't say the Rockets, even though they won back-to-back crowns at one point. But you'd say the Chicago Bulls are in that sliver of teams that dominated for a period of time. Right? You win six out of eight. That's what they won. Three. Then they had two years off. One without Michael. Then Michael came back the next year. They didn't win it. Then they won three more. And then you had some other teams winning. You had the, remember, the Pistons won two for a while. The Rockets won their two in the midst of the Bulls championships. You had the Lakers come in with Kobe and Shaq and how fabulous things were for them. And now you've got the Golden State Warriors. And the Warriors won it, and they're a unique franchise. They win a championship, and then they go out and get maybe arguably the greatest player in the game at his era in Kevin Durant, and they win some more championships. They get to the finals a bunch. But after Durant left, I was a believer that the Warriors' run was done. We saw greatness for a five-year stretch, maybe a seven-year stretch if you count the two seasons where they get to, the, I think, the second round or 251 seasons, whatever they had in there. We had a great stretch, but it was over. They're showing to me, Dan, the Golden State Warriors might be the new Chicago Bulls. The Bulls had the same core, two of Michael and Scottie Pippen. Mm. They had a certain set of Jordanaires, of cast of characters in the first three. Then he comes back. They had a different set of characters with Rodman. They had Horace Grant and company in the first one. They had Dennis Rodman and that group in the second group of three. The Golden State Warriors might be the Chicago Bulls of this era with the group of three, Steph, Clay, Draymond, winning it in that first grouping. They all disband. Those three stay together, and they have a completely different cast of characters. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. Tell me if I'm wrong, That's why you are Jim Cosmore, because that— Everybody's been making this analogy to the San Antonio Spurs, and I was sitting here thinking to myself, is this the first team we've ever seen, and I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors, to take that two-year respite and then come back with the same core, a different peripheral cast, and then potentially win an NBA championship? I'm like, it's never happened before. It has. It has, but... The Chicago Bulls. And how tough was it to do for the Bulls? It was incredibly tough. When the Bulls lost to the Magic 
in that in that first year Michael came back, everyone thought the baton had been passed. The Magic were the new super team. They had everything going for them. And then they get Horace Grant on top of it, yep. if you recall. So now the Bulls' pieces are falling apart. They still had Scotty. They still had Michael. You didn't know what Michael was going to be. They added new characters. They went on to become that super team again. The triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Am I just drinking Warrior Juice right now, or am I making sense? No, this no. Could be I, you know, I hadn't even thought about that because yes, you had you had Michael and you had Scotty, but then it was you know Tony Kukoc came along and became that third wheel. You're right. It was different guys. Let's get to the phone lines. And Kevin's been hanging out for a while out in San Ramon. Kevin, welcome to the show. Jim Cozumore and Dan Avone on a beautiful Sunday. How are you today? Hey, it's been a it's been a heck of a week, guys. My young forty eight year old wife had a major stroke about five oh, days ago, gosh. but she's recovering amazingly. I God wanted bless. to call in because I know, it's, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. But she is uh, as tough as they come. Big workout queen, so uh, I know she'll be fine. I just called in to say uh, I'm really excited to watch the Warriors tonight, and uh, I know my wife will be thinking about them too and everything like that. And then we'll. Uh, you know, just uh, enjoy the night with the family. I've got three beautiful daughters who are going to be interested in the game, too. So we'll try to try to get them in on the action. And uh, just saying uh, it's a good day when you wake up. That's all I have to say, guys. Uh, you guys are fantastic. And I thank you very much for making my mornings and my afternoon drives when I come back from work so awesome. So thank you very much for everything you do. Hey, God bless you. And, hey, prayers up to your wife and your family. I'm going to choke up, man. I'll tell you. Congratulations. Whew. We we'll wish you all the very yeah, best, there, that's, Kev. Man, I gave Godspeed, uh, man. That is great. He's that guy's got a great attitude. That guy's got a great attitude. Good on you, and I hope you have a wonderful time watching the Warriors. And that's the other thing about the Warriors. There is a certain togetherness that they have been bringing to the community. I know where I live. We got a family right across the street from us. They have their entire family, extended family, over playoff time for the Warriors. It is bringing everyone together. It's like a big healing session for everyone. We can all get together, no matter what our disagreements are, and everyone's enjoying what the Dubs are doing. So that's a great story. No, you know what? This is, seriously, not, not to, I, just to take this a step further, how much fun is this? Mm-hmm. You talk about, oh, the Warriors need to get back to the playoffs, and the players talk about, you know, Steph and Clay, we really want to get back to the playoffs, it's where we live, and now you get it. How much fun is this? Now, the GP2 thing aside, but all the drama with Memphis, you know, all of this, what it is that we do, the fan base, you're talking about the parties and the people coming together. Sports, maybe it plays too big a role in our lives. We get it. There's stuff going on in Ukraine. There's other stuff that we should be aware of. But this, this sometimes when it comes back into the fold, Coach, you begin to realize, Holy Christmas. Mm-hmm. What a void my life is without this, with meaningful basketball games in the postseason. 26 other fan bases are looking at what the draft is going to be. You get to sit back and enjoy games for at least another week and probably deep into June, the way things are going for the Golden State Warriors. We've got a lot more stuff we want to get into here. Tell Devon Mike Coase. to hang on for a second. Oh, Mike, on- hey, Mike, we're leading off with you when we come right back, oh, so you boom. hang in there, okay, Mike? we got Devon and Codes all the way until 1 o'clock today. we got a busy day on 95.7, the game, the home of the Golden State Warriors. Official pregame 4.30, tip-off at 6 o'clock. When we continue, I want to get into Draymond Green and the importance he has played ESPN says he's at the top of his defensive game. Is he? We'll ask you next on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.